Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Good morning, Revo. My name is Michael. I'm one of the student pastors here. I'm so excited that you're here, whether it's in person or joining us online as we get to dive in to week number five of our series through the book of Colossians. Now, here's the thing. If you're here this morning, right, we all are faced with daily decisions that we have to make, right? For some of you, a daily decision might simply be having to decide if you're going to eat healthy or not, right? You know when you leave the house in the morning, you've got to have a home-cooked breakfast. That's usually the best way to do it, but it's hard because you know that you're going to pass by Biscuitville on the way to work, and you're going to want to get that hot honey biscuit. If you haven't done it, you're going to have to do it after today because that thing's a game changer. Another decision you're faced with is maybe, hey, do I want to get exercise or not? It's been a long day at work, you're driving home, you could easily swing by the gym, but instead you're, you're tempted to like just kind of go home, sit on the couch and do what I like to call Dorito ups. So you grab a Dorito in the, and then you just like slowly curl it, get the bicep working a little bit in there. Um, but for me, a decision that I'm faced with every single day is whether or not I'm going to take care of my adorable but annoying puppy. See, about a year ago, my wife Stephanie said, Michael, I really want a dog. Can we please get a dog? You know, I was like, how could you say no? So we're looking, she finds the one she wants. And look, adorable. Now here's the thing about our dog. absolute troublemaker. Like, adorable, but she knows it. And so she knows she can get away with just about anything. And and what Stephanie does with the dog really well is she takes care of the dog um, in the sense that she gives it like such good love. She takes photos and they're always on her Instagram account. She gives the dog cuddles. She plays fetch. But that's kind of it. See, sometimes with this pup, I've got to do the dirty work, right? I've got to do the water and the food. And the worst part is we live in an apartment. So like we can't just let her out the back door. Like I've got to like leash her up and take her out. And she's a puppy. So like that happens like five to 10 times a day. And so that's often my job and what I've been tasked with. And I'm having flashbacks even to last night where I'm laying in bed, my head hits the pillow, right? I'm, I'm done. Like I'm ready. The blankets are up. I'm cozy. And then all of a sudden dog walks in up on the bed and she looks me right in the eyes and she goes, bark, bark. It's time to go out. And so I'm like, oh my, like, you've got to be kidding me with this. And so I, I was like, right then and there, I had a decision to make. The decision is I'm either going to ignore this and then face the damage to the carpet later, or I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to put shoes on, get a jacket on, leash this dog up and take care of business. Now, here's the thing. I grew up in Florida, so I'm used to warm weather. This, I mean, North Carolina, like we got seasons here. So I'm going out when it's cold, snow, hail, doesn't matter what the season is, but it's a decision that I have to actively make. And here's the thing, when it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to our relationships with Jesus, 
We have an active decision that we need to make every single day. And that decision is this. Am I going to lean in to the old me? Or am I going to lean in to the new life that Christ has given me? And as we read through the book of Colossians this morning, that's the question we're going to seek to answer. And this is a common question that Christ followers today, they're, they're faced with, right? And so before we get into the text, I want to address kind of two groups of people who are in the room today. The first group of you, um, you hear a word like new creation, and that makes sense to you, right? Like, so the first group of you today, you, you might consider yourself a Christ follower. You might consider yourself to have a relationship with Jesus. You hear the words new creation, you say, hey, that defines who I am. And for you, the question you're faced with on a day-to-day basis is not how do I attain new life, but rather how do I lean in to new life? And there's a second group of you here this morning, and those are, those are probably the people you might consider yourself, hey, I'm, I'm just not there yet. I'm not a Christian yet. I'm, I'm doing the church thing. I'm trying to figure it out. And, and you might be like, hey, Michael, um, I feel like I'm close. Like I'm scratching the surface of something, but, but I can't put two and two together. Or maybe you've been like rolling with us for like a month now or eight weeks and, and you're still not sure about the whole church thing. You're like, I, I kind of get what y'all are saying. I kind of understand what the Bible's saying, but I'm, I'm just not ready to like, to go all in. I'm, I'm gonna wait a little bit longer. Um, or maybe it's your first week here, right? Maybe you, were, maybe you were dragged here by your mom or by a spouse, or maybe you were invited, or maybe you just woke up and decided, hey, today is a good day to check out church. Well, no matter which camp you fall in, no matter which group you kind of feel that you're a part of, I believe that the book of Colossians can speak very clearly into your life today, despite where you're at. And so today, what we're going to see is we're going to see how we can become new creations in Christ, and then how we can then lean into that with every aspect of our lives. And so let's, let's get rolling. Let's jump into the text this morning. Uh, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read through verses 1 through 3 right now. It says this. It says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor in God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, from reading those first few verses, it's, it's pretty apparent to see that new life starts on the inside. New life with Christ, it starts, it begins, its, its entry point is on the inside. Here's what I mean by that. See, I think sometimes we can get this part confused. We can get this part wrong. See, when you look at the gospel, you look at the Bible, that's, that's God mes- God's message to us, we begin to see that it's not about behavior modification, but rather it's more about this concept of life transformation. And so many times we expect ourselves to slowly change on the outside, to slowly look more and more like Christians, and then we expect our hearts to follow. Rather, that is not the gospel message, but, but it, it's confusing. We get, we get mixed up in that. See, the gospel message requires the opposite. The gospel message requires a full heart change that happens as a result of having faith in Jesus. And then, and only then, will your lives begin to look more and more like him. 
But we've all been there before, right? We, we go to church, right? You attend church every Sunday or you try to and you think, hey, the more I attend, naturally my life might look a little bit better and so as a result, my heart might change. Or you go to an R group or you have a small group of community that you, you lean into and you say, hey, the more that I just kind of like say the right answers and attend enough and I'm eight in a row with my small group, I'm eight weeks in a row, man, good for me. Like my heart's gonna start changing. Or maybe you think, hey, if I go to enough prayer meetings, or we have, we have men's and women's prayer events at Revo, you go, to your, you go to your prayer meeting and you're like, hey, I've hit two of those in a row. I feel like I'm doing good. I feel like my life is looking a little bit better. Or, or maybe you have kids and you send them to our world here at Revo. That's our kids ministry. And you say, the more I send my kids to our world, the better their lives will become, right? The more they might start to do some of the annoying things that I don't like about them, the more they might start to look like Jesus. That'll change their heart, won't it? Or you have students, you have sixth graders through 12th graders, you send them on Wednesday nights or you send them to student camp or a winter retreat or we do egg hunts or dodgeball tournaments or whatever it might be. We just have this idea in our minds that we can clean ourselves up just enough to the point where our hearts will follow suit. Now don't hear what I'm not saying, right? I'm not saying those are bad things. In fact, those are amazing things and all of those things I just talked about can help you gain an understanding of who Jesus is, but none of those things can act as a replacement for having a changed heart. And so the first few verses in Colossians, I'm gonna clarify, what they, here's what they don't say. All right, they don't say this. Colossians chapter one doesn't say, Set your, Colossians chapter three, doesn't say set your sights on heaven. Ponder how great Jesus is. Stop doing all the horrible things that you do in your life. Start going to church more and then your life will change and then your heart will change and then you'll be a new creation. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. It says since you have been changed by Christ. It says as a result of the life change that you have experienced through Jesus, then your life has been changed. Then you'll start to ascribe proper worth to God. Then you'll start to see value in your church attendance. Then your life will start to maybe look a little bit different. And as your heart is changed, some of the external things you've been trying to change on your own for years will start to fall in place. But it can only truly happen when you start on the inside. And so the question is like, Michael, cool, how do I experience that? Right, we're talking about inward transformation, but all I know is to change the external. So what are you telling me? I don't need to do that? No, let's look at what the, what the book of 1 Corinthians has to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 15 and 17, they, they won't be on the screen, but just, just listen here. It says this, it says, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. The old life is gone. New life has begun. And so the question is, what do you need to do to experience this inward transformation? Right? We're talking about a starting point to new life in Jesus. Well, well how do you get there? The answer is this. You've got to start by acknowledging that, that no amount of cleanup, no amount of outward transformation or behavior modification will ever change your heart unless you've been changed on the inside first. 
And you can experience this by doing a few things. The first thing you can do, and this is the gospel. You admit that, hey, look, God, I've done some things and, and I'm not proud of them. And you've got to understand that those things separate you from God. And you've got to acknowledge that, hey, God's the only one who can pay the price for those things I've done. And you can lean into him through trust and surrender your life to him. That's salvation, right? That's the basic gospel in 20 seconds. That's the starting point to new life in Jesus. That's the starting point to being able to to put away the old and to lean into the new that God has given us. But it doesn't stop there. Colossians 3 doesn't end with, it's not just three verses, it keeps going. And so Paul says in verses five and 10, he says this, verse five, put to death the sinful earthly things that are lurking within you and, and put on your new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. See, from reading those couple verses, we can see this, that your old life stops by renewing your mind. See, what verses six through nine do is they give this this long list that are all marks of sin in a person's life. They're all characteristics of somebody who is leaning into their old life. They're all characteristics of a sinful person, right? The list includes things like this. It talks about uh, like sexual, like impure sexual thoughts and actions. It talks about gossip, right? Slandering the name of, of coworkers or friends or like putting people under the bus. It talks about being greedy for things that you don't have, that you don't need, that you can't afford. It talks about lashing out towards other people in anger, It talks about rejoicing and loving the things of this world, the things that culture is trying to give us and trying to feed us. See, these are all marks of somebody who is not a new creation in Christ. And so the truth that I'm trying to help you remember this morning is that new life in Jesus sets you free from that old life. And that's what verses five and 10 are saying. They're saying, hey, despite this long list of horrible things that used to define you, if you have salvation through me, those things are no longer who you are. Rather, you have new life, new opportunity through salvation in me. Remember, new life starts on the inside. And so if you're like me, you read those verses, you read Colossians 3 and you hear like that long list of things, but you're like, hey, that, that sets me apart. So, so when I read that, I get two waves of emotion. My first thing, my first thought is, is like, I read that long list and I'm just relieved. I'm like, oh my goodness, like God, thank you so much that those don't define who I am anymore. But then like, you know, the second wave of, of thought kind of creeps in for me. And so before I get into that, do we have any fans of the show Friends in the room? Anybody? Friends fans? All right. Closet friends of the show. Maybe you don't want to admit it in front of other people. That's okay. There's a character in Friends named Joey Tribbiani. I'll educate you a little bit. Joey Tribbiani is, uh, I mean, likable dude, you know, like good charisma. And, and you look at a guy like Joey and you're like, man, like he's, he's fun. He's got it happening. But here's the thing about Joey, right? Here's how he's portrayed by the show. Uh, in nice terms, we would call someone like Joey a little bit spacey. Um, you'd say, hey, there's not a whole whole lot going on in his head, like ever. Um, Not sure like what he's really processing in his mind. And and so in the show, people would make jokes or they would say something smart and Joey would sit there 
And he would just like, cool, go along with it for a second. And then he would like kind of understand what was just said. And so what he would do is the camera would always like pan right up to his face. And he would go like really still-faced like this. And then he would just go, like his eyes got super wide. He understood what just happened. And so when I read this, at first I'm relieved. I'm like, oh, that's good. Like those things no longer define me. That list, that's no longer who I am in Christ. And then I get really wide-eyed, right? Because I begin to realize, hold on. Some of those things on that list are still active in my life. Or I'm still tempted to do some of these things. Some of these things are still like, they sound really good. They're enticing. I could lean into that if I wanted to. And so the question is asked, how can I be a new creation and still mess up? How can I be a new creation or have new life in Jesus if I'm still tempted to do anything on that list or I'm still tempted to lean in and feed my old self? Well, that brings up the concept we talked about in the very beginning. It's the question we're trying to answer this morning. It's the active decision we need to make. It's the decision of, am I going to lean in to that old me or am I going to acknowledge and run with and lean into the new life that God has given me. And so we all know what leaning into old life looks like. I think we're really, we're kind of good at that, unfortunately, right? Leaning into old life, I'll give some examples. It looks like, um, I don't know, maybe you're making excuses. And so like, uh, excuses for your sin, I'd say. So like, you, you know, you do something bad and you go to God and you're like, God, look, I know what I did was bad, but man, at work the other day, you should have seen what Bobby Sue did. Like, oh God, 10 times worse than what I did. Like my sin, not that bad. Come on, like, please dismiss it. Or maybe it looks like not making God a priority in your life. Like you have a long day at work, your head hits the pillow at night and you remember, my goodness, I didn't spend any time in God's word today. And instead of getting out your Bible or pulling out your phone or whatever it is you do, you say, yeah, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just, I'll wake up a little early. And you know you don't do that. Like, come on, that's not happening. Or maybe it's, it's, it's trying to live a a double life as a Christ follower, right? Like you, you said, hey, I did really good last week, but there's this really fun event going on this next weekend. And I know that the things going down are are not going to be good, but, but like, God, look, I did so good last week. So I'm just going to like do my own thing. We'll meet up next week and we'll talk through things. I'll get forgiveness, all that. Guys, that's what leaning into the old life looks like. Those are just a few examples of what we are tempted to do each and every day. And so the real question is this. It's not, hey, how do I, how do I you know, stop leaning into the old life? But, but really it's how do I lean in to my new life that Jesus has given me? And I think verse 10 in Colossians 3 says it so clearly. I'll read it again. It says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I mean, that's our second point verbatim, right? Your old life stops when you renew your mind. And that's something we have to choose to do daily. And so the question is, how do I renew my mind? Like, that's cool. It sounds easy. It sounds good. Sounds fine. But how do I really get to know my creator? How do I really lean into God with everything that I have? I think there's two great things you can do. First thing is you you could read your Bible. That's foreign, I know. Ooh, don't say that, Michael. You can read your Bible. The Bible contains God's word. And so by reading the Bible, we are naturally going to learn more about who God is. And the more we learn about who God is, guess what? 
the more you're capable and able to renew and refresh your mind with the things that please him. Next thing you can do is prayer. See, prayer doesn't have to be this complex thing. Prayer is a way that God has given you to talk with him and communicate with him. Anyone have friends in the room at all? Like, how do you get to know your friends better? You talk to them. You don't just like send them one text once every three years and expect your friendship to be good. No, in order to grow, in order to remind yourself of the good friendship you have with that person, you have to communicate and reach out and talk to them. There's no better way to be reminded of a good friend by speaking with them. And so God has given us access. He's given us the opportunity to speak with him through prayer. And so when you want to know how to renew your mind, take it to God. Communicate with him. Say, hey God, I'm struggling today. Would you help me to stay focused on who you are and the life I have in you? Boom. That's an example right there. See, because here's the thing. The more that we get to know God, the more I believe that we get to love God. Right? I mean, so the more you read your Bible, the more you pray, the more that you get to just deepen your relationship with him. And and the more you begin to love God as a result of knowing more about who he is, the more your life is going to just act in obedience towards him. And the more your life is obedient to the things of God, guess what? The easier you're going to have, uh, you're going to have an easier time leaning into the new life God has given you. And so how do you, how do you stop leaning into the old life, you've got to renew your mind. Read your Bible. Pray. Seek out God actively, daily. But it's a choice you've got to make. But it doesn't end there. That's not the only thing we can do. The text continues. In in verses 16 and 17, Paul writes this. He says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all of the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And so from reading that final section that we're talking about today, you can see that new life stays by leaning into others. And so as we look to to lean into new life in Christ, and and we look to say, hey, look, I know it starts on the inside. I know I've got to have heart transformation. I know I've got to renew my mind. But the biggest, most important thing is longevity. With anything that we do, you want to see that it can be done consistently. And so when we're focusing on our new life with Christ, we want to make sure that it can stick And so honest question for y'all, how many of you have seen someone in your life whose life just completely crumbled? Maybe a friend, a coworker, a family member, like it looked like they had things all together. They went to church regularly. They went to small group. They prayed. Their finances were good. Their family seemed happy. And then all of a sudden, it's like overnight, things just, just went downhill. They began to fall apart around them. Be more honest with yourselves now. How many of you have experienced that in your own life? Or maybe it hasn't gone all the way bad, but like things aren't good right now. Or you can pinpoint a time where, hey, it really felt like my life was caving in around me. 
I can think of a time specifically, this was early 2019. My wife and I had just gotten married the summer before. And seven days after we got married, we moved from Tampa, Florida to Lynchburg, Virginia. That's like 800 miles away. And we didn't have friends in Lynchburg. We didn't have family in Lynchburg. We really didn't know anybody. We were going there to go to college. And so we're married, we roll up. I'm full-time student. I've got classes five days a week pursuing a degree in youth ministry. And then on top of that, so we can eat and live somewhere that's not outside, I'm working full-time at Walmart. And so my day is like, I get up at six, I go to class. As soon as I'm off class, I go to Walmart and I stay there till midnight. I get home, do some homework, go to bed at three, rinse, repeat. Oh, and by the way, newly married, trying to figure out marriage and what that looks like, all the quirks that Stephanie's figuring about me, all the things I'm finding out about her, we're trying to balance that, figure out what it looks like to live with another human. And then by the way, Stephanie's full-time student at college, she's working full-time, and, and, and like there's not enough hours in the day for us to work anymore, but we could hardly pay rent, we could hardly eat, like sometimes we would have just like pasta with nothing, just, just noodles for dinner. That's how it was, it was crazy. But guys, that's not even the worst part. Like you could hear that and be like, oh my gosh, that's so bad. That sounds awful. No, here's the worst part about that. You ready for it? It was that we had nobody around us. We had no community in our lives who was caring for us or encouraging us or calling out sin in our lives or saying, hey, you guys are drifting a little too far. Maybe you gotta come back this way. We had nobody. We felt alone. And that's what made it so hard. And so usually when our lives are crumbling or when we just feel like we can't figure it out, we're in a rut, or we feel like we're leaning into the the old life a little too much and we're ignoring the new life God has given us, I think that's frequently a result of not surrounding ourselves with other Christ followers who care about us and who want our faith to grow as well. And so like, Paul wrote this in Colossians and he recognized one major thing. Paul recognized in his writing that community is absolutely essential, right? Not, not, not only is it just good for your well-being, right? Like even introverts need friends, all right? You at least just need one friend. You need somebody in your life. Not only is community essential, but Paul says, look, in order to have a healthy faith, in order to actively lean in to the new life that Christ has promised and given to us, you need to surround yourself with other people. And Paul gave us three things that we can look for in spiritual community. And so if you hear anything this morning, all right, hear these three things. Because no matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus, whether this is your first time in a church building ever, or your 500th time in a church building, leaning into community is one of the best ways to both find new life in Christ and actively choose new life in Christ. And so the first thing that we need to look for and cultivate in spiritual community is this concept of forgiveness. And Paul talks about this in verse 13. Here's a newsflash for you. Um, You mess up a lot. I mess up a lot, right? We're not perfect, especially when we're trying to, to weed out old things in our lives, right? Like mistakes are going to be made. People are going to be hurt. Life change is often messy. And if we're trying to find a community of people, we need to be willing to forgive one another. And we need to find people who are willing to forgive us. Not just because, 
Not just because, yeah, it'd be a good thing to do. No, 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 Jesus showed you forgiveness. And so it's your responsibility to forgive others. That's the best way to find lasting community is by being willing to forgive when others hurt you. But the second thing that we need to look for and cultivate in our spiritual community is, is this concept of love, right? In, in, in verse 14, I'll read it out loud. It says this. It says, above all, clothe yourselves in love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. See, in order to, to lean into to Christ-centered community, we have to show Christ-like love to one another. And so what does that mean, Christ-like love? Here's what Christ did. He loved people by showing them grace when they messed up, and he loved them by calling out sin in their lives. Like, you need both. You can't just surround yourself with people who are wishy-washy and who are like, oh, Michael, like, I know you messed up. It's okay, dude. It'll get better. There's light ahead. No, no, no. Like, I need grace, but I also need someone to tell me that I'm being stubborn. I need someone to say, Michael, you're drifting too far over into the old life, man. Like, come back here. Get into the new life. That is loving. Confrontation is loving. And we need to seek that out in community if we ever want to have a shot at leaning into new life in Christ. But the third, the most important thing that you need to find in a Christ-centered community is to make sure it's Christ-centered. <laughs> Simple as that. Verse 17, Paul talks about that. It, look, good friendships are great and all, but if they're going to sustain a new life in Christ, if they're going to help your new life in Christ actually stick and be something you actively lean into every single day, they're going to need to be rooted on Christ himself. Not fantasy football, as much as I love it. Not hobbies. Not the fact that you work at the same job or graduated from the same college or like the same sports team or listen to the same music. That's fine. That makes for a fun friendship, but that's not going to sustain you. You need friendships that are built on Christ and Christ alone. See, I believe, I believe that's the key to sustaining a new life in Christ is to cultivate a community of forgiveness, of love, and one that's firmly rooted in Jesus. And so as we close today, regardless of where you're at, regardless of, of what your life might look like, regardless of if you've been saved for 50 years or you don't even know who Jesus is, it's my prayer that this morning you've been able to look at Colossians chapter 3 and get a clear understanding of what it looks like to attain and to lean into new life that can be found in Jesus. And so remember guys, just as you have to make a daily decision to eat right, to exercise, to take out your annoyingly cute dog, you have to make the active decision to either lean into your old life in Jesus or to lean into your new life in Jesus. And the decision's yours. You've got to choose, though. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for books like Colossians that just don't hold back and lay it all out. Because sometimes we need absolute clarity and so God, I just pray that this morning, as each of us are in a different spot, that we would be challenged by your word. That we wouldn't just show up and, and hear something that sounded kind of okay and, and say, I liked that point, that was cool, I'll write it down. Man, I might even get it tatted. 
But God, I just pray that we would lean in to your word, not just be fans of it, but let let it engulf our lives. God, I pray for all of us as, as no matter where we're at, we're going to be tempted to lean into our old life. But God, help us to see that we have freedom from that and that you've set us free and that we can lean in to the new life that's found in you. So I pray for everyone in this room moving forward today that we would take some kind of a next step. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.